So instead of you know gulping down that coffee like it's some kind of medicine, um, and then quickly checking your email, can you spend the first few minutes to just? What's up, Aventus Film? Thank you so much for joining me on our second episode of Aventus Knows. I'm your host, Mara Idris, and for those of you trying to hashtag up your game with a career or trying to find your way around the corporate ocean, this is where you should be. So for today's episode, we just want to start off with a question. What's the first thing that surfaces to your mind when someone asks you about work? Does the question lift you up or weigh you down? And there's no wrong answer to that, but that is what we'll be discussing today. For today's episode, we have the founder of Mindful Moments and Light on Life. She's a mindfulness coach as well as a certified mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher. And she's none other than Erin Lee. Hi Erin, welcome Hello. to the show. Hi, thank Hi. you for having me. So um, tell us, what do you do? So I'm primarily a mindfulness coach and uh, I basically teach uh, programs like the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction and I also teach people um, how to bring mindfulness, moments of mindfulness into their day-to-day -day life, how to integrate mindfulness with their day-to-day -day routines and how to use the skills of mindfulness to change their relationship with stress and to build resilience towards the adversities and difficulties that they face in life. Okay, I mean, I mean, hearing from your voice alone, I think it also reduces my stress. Like, <laughs> does that come with like coaching and stuff like that, or did, were you just like born with the voice? The voice? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess um, uh, I, I don't know. Ever since I um, started doing what I do um, with mindfulness, people have given me that. Uh, feedback. Uh -huh. So I guess it's um, it definitely helps with the work that I do. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully my, my voice doesn't put you to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what inspired you to dive into, you know, mindfulness? Mm. Well, um, I haven't always been doing mindfulness. So prior to, to becoming a mindfulness coach, I was actually working in the corporate communications industry. I'd worked there for almost 10 years and uh, I made myself absolutely miserable. Um, basically, I was really burnt out. I would um, get a job, exhaust myself completely, have a breakdown, burnout, and then I would quit that job and I would go hunting for another job to repeat the same cycle again. So this happened over the span of 9 to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my last uh, corporate stint, I decided that you know, it, it was kind of like the last straw on the camel's back and I, I realized that I really had to take a step back and to just um, start paying more attention to myself and that's when I um, that's when I explored and eventually found meditation, found mindfulness and it really transformed my life in many ways and uh, I wanted to teach uh, what I myself practiced so here I am today. So according to you know, the recent studies, especially in 2019, maybe 2020 even so, during the COVID period, right? Um, there were statistics that showed that 92% of Singaporeans are, working Singaporeans actually, mm. are stressed out. What is your take on it? Um, I'm, I'm actually not surprised by the statistic. Um, I, think, I think most people living in, in cities and living the modern life, um, we undergo stress on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and everything is just like a clockwork, right? We're just mm -hmm. going non-stop and we're just, we have made ourselves get used to this kind of lifestyle and way of life. 
and um, I'm, I've also received, you know, over the years of doing mindfulness work, a lot of um, inquiries and a lot of feedback from people saying that, oh, I really need, um, I really need to do something about about the stress that I'm facing, but I'm at the brink of a breakdown, but I don't know what to do. So yes, definitely, I think um, a lot of people do need help with this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in general, what are like common indicators, you know, that to know that we are stressed out? I mm. mean, like it differs from individual to individual, but like what's the most common like mm. indicators that you've heard of? Mm. So maybe I can uh, throw the question back to you, Mira. Mm. Mira. Um, when you're stressed, right? Yeah. So the key question we want to ask ourselves is, how do you know that you're stressed? What tells you that you're stressed? Um, because this was based on experience during the COVID period, yeah. during the circuit breaker actually. Mm. Uh, I was juggling classes in the day, mm. uh, trainings in the evening, touch rock training. So there was like workouts and everything. And yes. after trainings, I go straight to work. Mm. So that's a 9pm to 6am job. Yeah. yeah. How I knew I was really at breaking points like almost every alternate days or mm. maybe almost every day actually at awkward times I just start breaking down my mind goes somewhere very dark right yeah yes. so I felt mm. like that was like honestly quite scary and I didn't feel like I could actually talk out loud to anyone about like those especially those dark thoughts I didn't want to like scare anybody yeah so like I guess for me that is how I know that I was stressed out mm. Yeah. So in general, like, do you think other people go through like the same, or is it just like a oh, just crying? You mm. know. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think when um, typically when we are in a in a state of stress, mm. uh, it's quite common for us to feel like we are going through this alone. Yeah. That I'm the only one that feels this way, and it sort of um, separates ourselves from the rest of the world, right? That we that we function in. Um, but through my years of coaching and teaching mindfulness and teaching people how to pay attention to ourselves, um, what I find to be most common and universal is that um, we all go through similar um, experiences and we all have similar indicators, right? So we may not have, we may not go into the same dark place, but we know that with um, when we're going through that darkness, we have, say, thoughts coming in, yeah. right? We're thinking a lot yeah. um, and we can't seem to uh, get rid of the thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. They're here at odd times of the day, they plague us, um, they, they bombard us, yeah. right? And then it, it causes us to lose focus from our work, yeah. for example. It really affects us. So um, being able to notice uh, the presence of thoughts is, is one indicator, mm -hmm. right? Also emotions, so emotions and thoughts uh, frequently come together, right? So you may feel resentment, you may feel a bit of shame, feel guilt for feeling this way, and they all come and you know it, you know the emotions are arising. Yeah. And very interestingly, when emotions come to us, um, this is also when we feel a lot in the body, right? So um, maybe you can share a little bit, you know, when you're feeling certain strong emotions, do you feel them in the body? Yeah, uh, very, mm. very strongly actually. Yeah. Like I feel like it's like there's something weighing me down. Mm. I didn't want to like get up. I didn't want to, basically I didn't want to do life at all. Like, no, just let me sleep the whole day. But I had yeah. to, those were responsibilities that mm. I took upon myself. Mm. So I really just grit through it. But that was 
quite a period of time I actually don't want to go through again. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you 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 did notice your body reacting mm. to that stress, yeah. right? Along with your thoughts and emotions. So this this sense of heaviness, this sensation in the body is also causing you to to have certain behaviors like not wanting to go to work, for example. Mm. So um, there are a lot of indicators in the body as well. And these are symptoms and, and triggers that can inform us where we are in terms of our state of body and mind. Mm -hmm. So they usually come together, right? State of body and mind. So thoughts, emotions, body, and also if we're um, aware of um, behaviors, right? So behaviors are usually external, right? And uh, we can observe ourselves doing or feeling inclined to behave a certain way. Yeah. And uh, some people go through stress behaviors without actually knowing that they're stressed, right? They just, they just snap at people, yeah. they just lose their temper, um, some of uh, different people behave in different ways. Um, I don't know if you have stress-induced eating behaviors. Uh, <laughs> no, you're no. very lucky. Um, a lot of people tend to stress eat, right? Mm -hmm. So they reach for certain sugary foods, or they binge eat, or they binge drink. Um, some people like to distract themselves with with something else to just turn their attention away from that pain from the mm. stress and they may indulge in mindless scrolling on the phone I playing games on the phone i think for me uh, i end up watching like netflix yeah. while eating like two three bags of chips <laughs> the whole night there you yeah. go there you go yeah so these are stress behaviors and uh, the reason why we go into them is because we don't know how to acknowledge and confront all the discomfort that stress is giving us and we tend to turn our attention that we perceive will give us pleasure Right, mm -hmm. just to just to cover over the pain. So these kinds of behaviors can, over time, become unhealthy habits for us. Right, yeah. and that's what contributes to unhealthy behaviors. So noticing um, mainly these four components about ourselves, our thoughts, emotions, our states of body, um, and our behaviors will tell us where we are and how stressed we are. So this is the the first step. To, to mindfulness and of course subsequently when you train in mindfulness you practice the skills of mindfulness that will help you to you know discern what is healthy for you and what is not what is um, helpful for you and what is not and we learn to um, take a step back and we learn to um, respond instead of react to stress so taking a step back from those uh, binging, like stress-inducing behaviors. How do you differentiate between stress-inducing behaviors and, you know, rewards for mm. uh, obstacles that you go through? Mm. Okay, that is a, that is a very good question. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's perfectly okay to reward yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, you know, you've had a long hard day, and at the end of the day, you want to um, watch an episode on Netflix just to reward yourself, just to relax a little bit. You don't want to think about anything and you just want to stare into the screen. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Um, that's not mindfulness per se, but it's, it's okay to want to relax and uh, knowing how to relax and find a balance is very important, right? But again, it's about watching that behavior and understanding how helpful is this behavior for you. So after watching one episode, for example, right? Do you feel like you want to continue and watching another episode? And another episode and another one until it's past your bedtime and um, you're, you're obviously tired you're fighting sleep um, but you don't want to go to sleep because you feel like oh you know I spend so much time hard at work and I just want to um, I just want to enjoy my life and there is also negative emotions arising like there's resentment towards your 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 state of mind right now or the way your life is so from noticing all these things you will know whether a certain behavior is healthy 
for you or not, right? So the same goes with um, uh, being attached to our devices. So it's perfectly okay to use the phone, but if you're using the phone as a kind of distraction to distract yourself away from stress, if you do it long enough, this escape becomes a habit and a habit can easily turn into um, addictive behaviors, right? So we have to decide for ourselves, um, is this meant to be a reward or am, am I just using it as a form of escape for ourselves? Before we act on, you know, um, the thoughts that come by or mm. maybe if we do make the choice to act on those thoughts that come by, what are several tips that you, you know, suggest or advise us to do before we act on it? Before we act on thoughts that yeah. come in? Okay, so this, is, this has to do with decision making then, mm -hmm. right? So what do you decide to do about, say, a thought coming in? Yeah. Um, so definitely the first step is to just be aware that you have this thought um, and to learn to pause with that thought, right? So we are not, um, we are not zooming straight into, into that thought itself and um, just allow it to take over us and uh, reacting to it again, right? So it's about um, s when we are able to sit back and just observe the thought, it creates a space for us between that thought and our response to it. And with this space, that's when we can make, uh, we can see things in wider perspectives with greater clarity. And that's when we are in a better position to decide what we would like to do with that thought. In the case where we've already identified, right, um, what we can do after realizing that we are stressed out. Mm. Um, what are some limitations, uh, obstacles that we would face, you know, trying to practice mindfulness on maybe a daily basis? Mm. Yeah. Um, there are so many obstacles. Um, to be honest, I don't want to paint uh, a picture of rainbows and unicorns like, oh, mindfulness is the solution for everybody and once you practice mindfulness, you're not stressed anymore. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of work. And um, a lot of people, they, they get off to a good start, so they make use of all the resources that are out there. There are a lot of apps, there are so many books out there for, for us to get started with. Um, I think it's not... Mindfulness is something that's really simple. It's really, really simple. It's not complicated at all. Mm -hmm. We just need to know how to pay attention in a way that works for us, right? Um, but what's challenging about it is that it's not easy to sustain the practice. So it's quite common for someone to get really enthusiastic about it, to say, oh, I want to do something about my well-being. Let me sit and meditate for 10 minutes a day and you know everything will be fine and dandy. But I think once we sit down and once we put our put effort into practicing, we're going to realize that it's really not easy to say sit still and watch ourselves, right? The body starts to rebel, the mind starts to rebel to say, um, you know, forget it, just just stand up and just go do go about your daily life, forget about your well-being and, and stuff like that. So um, this is where a lot of discipline needs to come needs to come in. Um, this is where you need to have a support system. Um, having a, a, a teacher to guide you, having a community that you can practice this together with is very important. And also um, being able to understand what is your intentions. So I always tell people that um, it's good to, with mindfulness, it's good to think big and start small. So think big means that you don't want to practice mindfulness um, blindly just because everyone is talking about it. You need to know why you're doing it and how it works for you. What are you trying to change about yourself 
why is it that you are devoting this time and energy into practicing mindfulness? So you have to be very clear about um, why you're starting this, why you're practicing. And then um, think big, but start small. So don't be too overambitious about your practice, right? So start small. Um, it's never about being able to sit for long hours. It's really more about the consistency and whether you're able to build a routine and a habit around it. So I would rather that you start with um, five to ten minutes a day, every single day, consistently, rather than just practice once in a while for one hour or two hours. Mm -hmm. So um, these are important for us to take note when we want to start. But that said, there are so many resources out there. There's no one way to practice it. But what I would encourage people to start with is to um, be able to bring mindful awareness to um, the day-to-day -day activities. So it can be something as simple as, um, I would always suggest eating a meal right mm -hmm. are you able to be with your food rather than multitask while eating right with work life um, you know just the boundaries blurring between work and life especially with working from home you can see people um, eating breakfast in front of their laptops yeah. right and um, it's it's really unhealthy so we need to rethink uh, what we're doing to our well-being and be able to just do one thing at a time at least for some of these events and be present and pay attention to ourselves as we're doing these activities what would you suggest you know a person undergoing stress to at work yes. what would you suggest them to do at the very start mm. yeah in the workplace you yeah. mean um, I think I think it's not uh, difficult to start at all in the workplace um, considering that it's it's where we spend um, most of our time at um, if you want to practice, I always suggest practicing in a community and especially if the entire workplace practices mindfulness, you have that support system. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing this on your own, there are many ways that you can do it. So um, I would suggest you know, things like uh, starting with your first cup of coffee for the day, right? A lot of us, we, we, we feel like we drink coffee because we, you know, we need it. Yeah. It's caffeine, it's a yes. caffeine boost and without it we can't start our day. Yeah. So why don't we make use, good use of that time, right? So instead of you know, gulping down that coffee like it's some kind of medicine um, and then quickly checking your email, can you spend the first few minutes to just be with the aroma of the coffee, the taste of the coffee and really appreciate it without just putting everything aside and just noticing how the body is responding to how you are nourishing the body with this beverage right so you can just take a few minutes like that um, I like practicing um, between activities during transitions because sometimes it's very difficult for us to practice while we are working um, because you use a lot of um, it's use a lot of the mind it's very cognitive when you do certain work so it's difficult but when you're transitioning to something else so let's say you're transitioning from your desk to a meeting Right in between, can you take one minute or two minutes to just sit with yourself and just be able to observe your breath? It doesn't take too long. Um, you can also do this as a group, right? So before a meeting starts, um, I've had some clients of mine do this in, in their own companies as well. Before the start of meeting, everyone just take one minute or two minutes, they play a guided audio from a teacher and everyone just practices. So before the meeting starts, everyone is starting from a calmer state of mind, um, they have recalibrated and so it really makes a difference to how they communicate with one another during the meeting yeah so um, okay when you say recalibrated what does it mean like you mm. know, especially in the workplace mm. 
Um, so we often go through very hectic uh, moments mm -hmm. in, in the workplace and we're just bombarded with information. And so when you say you have a thousand and one things on your to-do list, right? And you're kind of sort of low-key panicking about them. And then um, you realize, oh, you know, I'm, I'm late for the meeting and you haven't really prepared. So you're always in that kind of a rushed mode. And um, if you're in that state of mind and you go into the meeting with that state of mind, then you can, you can see the impact that it has on how the meeting unfolds. Mm -hmm. So if you can take the, a few moments during that transition period to just bring your mind and body back to a more balanced state, right? Just to allow the mind to settle a little bit, just be with the body, just observe the body for a few moments. Um, we are really entering the next activity or next phase from a calmer state and that is always very helpful for our work. If you're still listening, thank you so much for tuning in all the way till here. We've come to the end of our second episode of Aventus Knows and I hope today's episode has been as insightful for yourself as it has been for me because I really learned a lot about mindfulness today. I might even start picking it up little by little because as she said, dream big, start small. I mean, we do have other episodes lined up in the next few weeks so do tune in every Friday. Next Friday will be on procrastination so you can't procrastinate that. In the meantime, if you guys do have any other topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram at Aventus Learning. Thank you so much for your time and we'll catch you next week. Bye!